Hey everyone, and welcome to the Annex Tuesday Night Podcast. The Annex is a community seeking to discover and live life in Jesus. And we hope that this message will help you do just that. If you like what you hear, you can always subscribe. So these messages come right to your phone each week. And you can always check us out at theannexboulder.com or on our Instagram account at theannex.boulder. Enjoy today's message. Hi, glad you're here. Um, I uh, overcommitted on the winter layers today, and now I feel pretty sweaty and pretty warm. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name's Kelsey Walega. If you're thinking, your last name's not Walega, it's Johnson. That's not true. I got married a few weeks ago, so now it's Walega. So that's great. Um, hey, we're really happy that you all are here. You could do a million things on Tuesday night. You could play Fortnite. You could go get ice cream, but you choose to be here, and we're really glad that you did. Um, We're in the series right now called Light and Love, and we're looking at this book in the New Testament called 1 John. And it's more like a letter um, than a book, and it's written by this guy named John. And John, in this letter, he starts it by saying, hey, here's the deal. We witness Jesus— We heard him, we saw him, we touched him, we witnessed the life and the teachings and the ministry of Jesus. And then he ends this introduction of the letter, and he says, and we write this to make your joy complete. We write this to make your joy complete, meaning that the rest of the letter, whatever is contained in the rest of the letter, will make our joy complete. And if I was the first recipient of this letter, I'd be like, I'm sorry, what? Whatever it is that you're about to say is going to make my joy complete. The thing that I've been searching my whole life to figure out of what will bring me joy and satisfaction and fulfillment and love and value and all of the things. You're saying that what I've been searching for my whole life, you're about to lay it out in the rest of this letter. And then as we heard last week, right after this, John goes on and he talks about this. He says, this is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. And Dave talked about what it means for God to be light. Because light illuminates things. Light illuminates what is true. It illuminates what's true about us. It illuminates what's true about others. It illuminates what's true about the world. So Dave left us with this question. He asked, what is your source of light? Is God your source of light? Is God the one who you seek to reveal to you what's true about you and what's true about others and what's true about the world around us, or do you seek other things for your light? Do you seek social media, validation from others, achievement in school, your job? What is it that you seek for light? What is it that you seek to reveal what's true about you and others and the world around you. And what we're going to take a look at tonight is, okay, if God is light, and in God we have this light, and God's our source of light, what actually does that mean? How do we actually live like God is our light? So I'm going to take a moment, if you would, bow your heads with me. I'm going to pray, and we'll get into it. Jesus, thanks for tonight. Um, Thanks that we get to gather together and be together and hear your word and hear about your life and hear about your ministry. And Lord, would you teach us? Would you teach us through your life tonight? 
that we would walk out of the sanctuary different because of you, because of who you've been and who you will always be. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. So what does it mean for us to live out of this light? Well, John goes on in his letter, and he says this. He says, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Okay, so if we're going to walk in this light, if we're going to live as if God is light, then what that means is whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. That still doesn't feel super clear, but a few verses before that, he says this. He says, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So what John's saying here, he's saying, you know what? It's not actually enough for you to just say, yeah, 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 I know Jesus. Yeah, 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 for sure, I'm a Christian. What John's saying is that's not actually enough. He's saying it's not actually enough for you to say you believe in Jesus and for you to say that you're a Christian, but for you to not actually trust in him. For you to not actually trust that he is light and he is the source of light in your life that will reveal what is true about you and others in the world around you. He's saying it's not just enough to say, yeah, 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 I believe in Jesus, and for there to be no action after that. But if he's saying if you claim Jesus— If you claim Jesus and claim that he is light and claim that he is light in your life, then you obey his commands. So what does it look like to obey his commands? Well, then he says it again, that verse. Whoever claims Jesus, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. So how did Jesus walk? Well, we're going to flip back. We're going to start at the beginning of the Gospel of John, and we're going to read all the way through John. It's only 21 chapters. I'm kidding. We're not going to read all the way through John. We're just going to look at this one. I Sorry, I went to the beginning of John. We're going to look at the story in John chapter 8, because I think the best way to, for us to figure out, well, how did Jesus walk is to actually look at a story of Jesus interacting with humans, doing what he did best. And truthfully, I could have picked any story in one of the four Gospels, and it would have gotten to the point tonight because there's a pretty consistent thing in the life and ministry of Jesus, and it's this. Jesus loved all people, always, no matter what. And what we find in John chapter 8 is this scene where Jesus is in the temple courts, and there's this big crowd that has gathered around him, and he's teaching. And there's this big crowd that's gathered around him because word spread about Jesus. Jesus has been gaining in popularity because people are hearing about Jesus. They're hearing about this love and this compassion and this grace and forgiveness and kindness that he's extending towards other people. And they're hearing about his miracles and about his healings. And so they want to see it. They want to experience. They want to know if Jesus is really who he says he is. If he's really all that others say he is. They need to see it firsthand. And so Jesus is in the temple courts, and he's teaching, and there's a big crowd around him. And then all of a sudden, some religious leaders come in, and with these religious leaders, they bring in a woman. And they say this to Jesus. They say, teacher, 
This woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? Can you imagine what this woman must be feeling right now? I bet she feels humiliated. Sure, she made a mistake. Sure, she sinned. But does she really need everyone to know it? Did they really need to drag her into the temple courts? I bet she feels humiliated right now. And can you imagine how terrified she must feel? They just said that her sin is punishable by stoning. She must be scared out of her mind right now. And Jesus doesn't actually respond to the religious leaders. Jesus actually kneels down and he just starts writing on the ground. And the religious leaders are kind of mad. They're like, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? And Jesus finally says this. He says, if any one of you is without sin, if any one of you is perfect, if any one of you has never made a mistake, if any one of you has never done anything that you feel ashamed of or guilty of, if any one of you has never acted in anger or said something wrong to someone, if any of you in here is without sin or fault or blame, if any of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone. And then he kneels back down, and he keeps writing in the sand. And John doesn't record what Jesus is writing here. What John does record, though, is that one by one, all of the religious leaders leave until it's just Jesus and the woman. And Jesus stands back up, and he says, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She says, no one, sir. And he says, then neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Can you imagine what now this woman feels? Moments ago, she was humiliated and terrified. And now she's been set free. Now, maybe for the first time in her life, she's been shown love and forgiveness and acceptance. I just cannot even fathom how full her heart must feel right now, knowing that she's been set free, knowing that she hasn't been condemned for a mistake that she's made, but she's been forgiven and been shown kindness and compassion and love. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? Must have felt like a lot like her joy being made complete as she interacted with Jesus. Because despite what she had done, despite her mistake, despite her sin, Jesus did not condemn her, but Jesus chose to love her and set her free. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. And so Jesus is still in the temple courts. He's still there. There's still a crowd around him. So Jesus does what Jesus does, and he continues teaching. And he goes on and he says this. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
Here it is. Jesus is calling himself the light of the world. So this thing that John and 1 John in this letter that he's writing about, it wasn't just some idea that he grabbed out of thin air. He wasn't sitting at his desk one day and writing on thoughts, and he's like, God is, God is, and he looks up and he's like, God is lamp. No, that's not right. God is light. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. God is light. He didn't just make it up. He heard Jesus claim it. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the Pharisees challenged him, and they're like, who are you to claim this? I don't like the Pharisees. Jesus answered, even if I testified on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards, but I pass judgment on no one. He says, I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. And I pass judgment on no one. He knew that he came from his Father in heaven. He knew that he was loved by his Father in heaven. He knew that he would one day return to his Father in heaven and live there for eternity with him. And more than just knowing where he came from, he also knew where we all came from. He knew that we were all creations of his Father in heaven, God, the creator. The one that at the very beginning of time created mankind in his image, meaning that he put qualities and characteristics of himself in us, and we were fearfully and wonderfully made, and he even says at the end that we were good, that his creation of us was good. And Jesus knows that. He knew where we all came from. And he knew that the same father that loved him was the same father that loves us. Which is why it was so easy for him to extend love and grace and kindness to us. Because he loved us in the same way that his father loved us. And he knew where he came from, he knew where he was going, and he knew that he wanted us to go to that same place. He knew that he wanted us to return to heaven one day, to live with him and his Father in heaven forever. Because the Father loves us. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. What would it look like for us to live in this way? Like, do you think that you live like Jesus? Do you really love everyone? Like, do you love everyone and extend grace and kindness and compassion and forgiveness to everyone, or do you just do it to some? To me, most. Uh, You know, whoever just didn't piss me off that day. Like, do you really show love to all people like Jesus did. Let me press this a little bit further. What about this? What about when you get drunk on the weekends? Do you think that that is loving and treating yourself in the same way that God would want you to treat yourself, in the same way that God loves and respects and honors you? 
Do you think that hooking up with someone random, or maybe it's someone you know, hooking up with them, do you think that that's showing them their inherent value and worth and dignity and love that they deserve, or is it just searching for your own pleasure? Do you get easily angered at your roommates, or do you easily see the best in them and extend kindness and grace to them? Do you flip someone off who just cut you off in traffic? Or do you extend love instead of condemnation? They know that they cut you off. They know that they messed up. They don't need your middle finger at them. If your waiter is giving just the worst service, is kind of short, a little aloof, not doing a great job, instead of being rude back, what if you acknowledge that maybe they're just having a really bad day. And you extend to them the love and value and worth that they deserve, that the Father says that they have. Do you treat your boyfriend and girlfriend awesome at all times, not holding grievances against them of past mistakes or sins that they may have done against you? Have you let it go or do you keep holding on to those things? I could keep going on with a lot of super normal, everyday human interactions that sometimes we realize, sometimes we recognize, and sometimes we don't. But whoever claims Jesus, claims to live in Jesus, must walk as Jesus did. I remember in college, I became a Christian my freshman year of college. So I was 18 years old. And I spent most of college trying to figure out what that actually meant. Of what does it actually mean to follow Jesus? What does it actually mean to be a Christian? And I'll say this, I was super good at claiming Jesus, but I was not super good at living like Jesus. And I ran track in college, and I can distinctly remember races my freshman, sophomore, even junior year a little bit. On the starting line in a track race, um, it's just a waterfall start, so you're all sorted together. And if you want to get ahead, uh, what you need to do is you need to throw some elbows. Um, So best believe that I could hit a girl square in the chest and get a couple feet ahead of her to make sure that I'm going to win and she's not, and she's probably in a little bit of pain because I have really bony elbows. Again, claiming Jesus, not living like Jesus. And best believe on the weekends that I wasn't traveling for a track meet, I was definitely getting drunk, and I was definitely making out with random guys in the bar, just seeking them for whatever pleasure I could get from them. And best believe that any time that my roommates said something or did something that angered me in some way, best believe that I was stone-cold silent for days if necessary. And best believe that my parents, my loving and kind parents who had given me so much over the years, best believe that I started to shut them out more and more because I just thought they were the worst and I treated them like the scum of the earth. I claimed Jesus, but I was not living like Jesus. And it wasn't until I was about like 24, which was not that many years ago. I made a quick turnaround. Not that many years ago. I was kind of the worst in college. When I was around 24, y'all are like, really, this is what happened? I started reading scripture. And in the New Testament, there's the Old Testament, there's the New Testament. The New Testament is 
primarily about Jesus, if not all about Jesus. There's these four books that are just a firsthand account of Jesus and his life and ministry. And then there's all these letters back here written about him. There's some good stuff in here about Jesus. And I start actually reading my Bible for once. And over time, slowly but surely, I am being changed because of the life of Jesus. You can't help but be changed by him when you read about him because the guy was awesome. And over time, if my roommate said something that angered me in some way, I was no longer stone-cold silent for days. I would approach her and say, you know what, you said this thing, it kind of hurts. I don't think you meant it. I think you were just having a bad day. Can we talk about it? I finally started to treat my parents with love and kindness and the respect that they deserved. I wasn't racing anymore, but I definitely wasn't like punching random people or like hitting people in the chest. I wasn't doing that. And there's even three years where I didn't date anyone or kiss a soul, didn't kiss any man. Because I wasn't seeking men for pleasure anymore. I didn't want that to be a part of my life. Scripture, and more than just Scripture, the life of Jesus began to change the way that I lived. And it began to change the way that I interacted with other people. If you claim to live in him, then you must walk as Jesus did. It's not enough to just claim him. You also have to live like Jesus did. It's not enough to just claim him. You have to trust him. You have to trust that he is the true source of light in your life. Trust that he is the one that will reveal what is true about you, what is true about others, and what is true about the world around you. Because when you start learning more about Jesus and when you start acting more like Jesus, it is way, way easier for you to see others for who they truly are, which is a creation of God, deeply and dearly loved by our Father in heaven just like you are. It's way easier to see people in that way. And it's way easier to give them grace and forgiveness and to say to yourself, you know what, maybe they're just having a really bad day. You know what, I don't actually think that it's about me right now. I'm going to love them anyway. And this doesn't happen overnight. This doesn't happen without you learning about Jesus. It can't. It happens over time, and it happens as you learn more and more about the life and ministry of Jesus. And I'll say this, people don't walk away from Jesus because of Jesus. If people have encountered Jesus, they're not going to walk away. Jesus is too good. He's way too good. People walk away from Jesus because of people who claim Jesus but aren't always walking as he is. But people will come to know Jesus because of Jesus. So do people see Jesus in you? Do people see light in you? So all of this kind of gives us two options. Do you live in darkness? Sort of like uh, the religious leaders, you know? They brought in this woman, 
They're like easily throwing her under the bus, but not really seeing their own sin and their own mistakes and the things that they've done wrong. And they're definitely not seeing the good in this woman. And they're definitely not trusting that Jesus is light. And they're walking in darkness because they don't actually know what's true about themselves or true about others or true about the world around them. Or do you choose to walk in light? Choose to walk in Jesus where what's true about you is revealed, what's true about others is revealed, and what's true about the world around us is revealed. And what's revealed is that our Father in heaven has a whole lot of love for you and a whole lot of love for all those around you. Whoever claims to live in Jesus must walk as Jesus did. I'm going to pray, and while I pray, I'm going to have the worship team come back up. Jesus, uh, thank you for your life. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for all it is that you have taught us in the ways in which you have loved others. Jesus, thank you for this example that we can live by each and every day. Lord, would you help us? Lord, we're not perfect, so would you help us every day? See how much you love other people, and Lord, would you help us to love them in that same way? It's your name that we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you back here next week.